Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome, everyone. This is Louise Crook, your key security coach on KTC Radio. I'm very happy to be talking to you today about this wonderful topic, which is um, de-stressing your marketing um, experience, and we're going to be looking at that from the point of view of understanding how our story can um, create the um, our, our, um, the focus of, of who we're working with and, and what that looks like, and uh, we're going to be talking today with the fabulous uh, Lisa Bloom, the story coach, um, who really is uh, amazing at um, helping us understand how to use our story, not only in our coaching, but also from the point of view of, of uh, how we, who we connect with as, as our clients. And um, so we will be waiting, we were just waiting for Lisa to come onto the line. I think she's here. And uh, then we'll, we'll get going with the show. So just bear with me a sec. Hi, Lisa. Is that you? Yes, I'm here. Hello. Hi. Hi, Lisa. Welcome back to the show. So I just wanted to make sure you are on the line, and and we're just about to introduce the show, and we can tell them all about you as well. So um, I'm so glad that you're here. I'm here. Sorry, I tried to get a few minutes early, so sorry about that. That's okay. No worries. I knew you were on another call, so that's fine. So uh, just another warm welcome to our guests and, and uh, uh, to our audience and, um, of course, to our guest, Lisa, as well. Um, for those of you who are not familiar with uh, Keys to Clarity Radio, this is um, a radio that was uh, formed in 2008 to support you, the, the soul-driven business owner, to, um, you know, to help serve your clients um, in a bigger, bolder way to help you to become um, successful in your business by addressing many different uh, aspects of your business through the topics and the fabulous guests that we've had on the show, the likes of uh, Ali Brown, Marsha Weeder, Michael Port, just to name a few, and we'll be adding Lisa Bloom to that list today, um, and, and really just uh, supporting you in, in uh, not just business topics, but also uh, topics that uh, help from a personal and spiritual development standpoint. I, I truly believe that we bring all of ourselves to our business to, um, you know, to do what we're doing in the world and, and to serve and help and, and transform our clients. It's important that we take care of all of those pieces. Um, so um, if you are new to the show, feel free to um, scroll through the archives and, and see what topics um you know, pique your interest and, and, you know, if you have a favorite uh, uh, leader of your community, there's a good chance they might have been on the show. So feel free to, to have a look and see if there's something that really resonates with you or, or an area of your business that you need support and good chance that we've covered that on the show. And if you'd like an update of what's coming up each Wednesday, 
you feel free to go to keystoclarity.com. And if you sign up for the little report on the right-hand side of the page, you'll see my face and the little opt-in box underneath. Um, you'll also get uh, an update each Wednesday morning letting you know, you know who's going to be on the show and what topic we're covering. So you can decide that day if that's, that's of interest to you. And at the same time, you'll get the free report, which is the five critical mistakes that coaches and holistic practitioners make when they're starting out and how to avoid them. All right, so um, I'd love to um, introduce our guest, Lisa. Again, hi, Lisa. Welcome. Thank you. Hi. Great to be here. Wonderful to have you here as well. So I'm just going to just share a little bit of your background, Lisa, with our listeners so that uh, they know who you are and, and what you're bringing to our conversation today. Um, and I'm excited because Lisa Bloom, I've been connected with her for a while on, on Facebook and we've, we've connected before, but we got to meet at the ICF conference and uh, at the Coach's Edge and it was really great to see Lisa in action. She, um, she did a presentation like I got to see her um, doing that and she was one of the most riveting speakers in the room and part of that was because of what she brings to, you know, speaking and to her, um, you know, how we present ourselves and it's all about what she's about, which is being a story coach. And um, it was just so powerful. I felt compelled to share her gifts and talents with you and for you to get an opportunity to really um, to get a sense of what's possible when we look at your story. So Lisa Bloom is the founder of Story Coach Inc., and she helps coaches and business owners beat overwhelm, stress, and discomfort with marketing, find confidence, attract ideal clients, and make more money by finding their success story. I think we're very much aligned, Lisa. <laughs> and uh, Lisa is a professional storyteller, and there's, no, there's absolute truth in that because I've, I've seen her do that. And she's an accredited accredited coach and has, a, has discovered a unique and innovative approach to coaching by using storytelling. Um, and I think it's powerful in any modality, you know, where you're creating transformation. So, you know, listen up and really hear what Lisa's going to be sharing today. So Lisa's groundbreaking techniques have enabled her to grow her business and take to the stage where she regularly speaks internationally about this amazing approach to business and coaching. And, of course, I just mentioned, you know, her recent engagements included the ICF Global and European Conferences and the Coach's Edge. Lisa actually lives in Israel, so she's calling in from Israel today, and she lives there with her partner, their four sons, and, and a, 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 it sounds like you have a puppy as well, Lisa. <laughs> you must have a very busy life. And what I love about Lisa as well, she has this beautiful, lilting Irish accent coming from Ireland, of course. So uh, I'm sure that helps with the storytelling, Lisa. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so, um, so today we're talking about discover, you know, discovering the key to distressing your, your marketing experience. So we're going to dive into you know, how our story, you know, which we always remember, is... Um, the compelling part of, of the core of every successful business. So we're going to dive into that in a moment. Um, 
for those of you who are listening to the show and are really excited about the information that Lisa is sharing, I'd love for you to um, to share about the show on, on Twitter. If you use the hashtag KTC Radio on Twitter and use the URL um, budurl.com forward slash de-stressed. And as usual, all the URLs start with HTTP colon forward slash forward slash and then budurl, B-U-D-U-R-L dot com forward slash de-stressed. So um, that will bring people to the show via the web. I really encourage you to do that. And if you're listening and want to interact and share your comments and questions, um, feel free to uh, go to our chat room. If you're on, on the web, you'll see a light um, a button there that says chat, and you can click on that and come and join us in the chat room as well. And you're very welcome to post your, um, your comments and questions. If you're in the chat room and you want to use that function, please uh, register with Blog Talk Radio. Get your username and then come back. You can't actually interact if you're just a guest in the chat room. Okay. And we would love to see your comments in there. I see lots of people listening already. Great. All right. I'm excited. This is such a fabulous topic, Lisa, and it's something that I'm coaching my clients on all the time. So I'm just excited that we're going to be diving into this so beautifully today, and you being the quintessential story coach are you know, the expert in this, and, and I'm just really excited to to have you talk about this today. So um, let's let's uh, start with just asking you, Lisa, how you came to be the story coach. Sure. Um, the truth is I, I never actually call myself the story coach. I always say that I'm a story coach because I just think it's such oh. a phenomenal way to coach that um, mm. you know my vision is that everybody will be a story coach. But how did I come yes. about it? I, I My background is in training and development, and um, I... I always loved, you know, as a training and development uh, manager, I, I, I liked all parts of adult learning. But what I really loved was getting into the classroom and, and, and kind of seeing the, the bright eyes when, when an adult learns something new, which often surprises them that, you know, this learning happens. But what I noticed was I was working in corporations and I was teaching whatever I needed to teach because whatever was on the agenda, some of which was material that may have been developed centralized by, you know, by the centralized training people. Um, and I may have had some input in what I was delivering, but oftentimes I didn't have a lot of input. And sometimes yeah. it wasn't enormously inspiring. You know, I just had to deliver what I had to deliver. And what I found was that I I would tell stories because I suppose that's what I've always done, and mo- more so to amuse myself than anything else at the outset. Um, <laughs> but what I found when I told a story was that something really magical seemed to happen in the room. And I, I was quite surprised because it was very obvious. Suddenly something shifted, the energy changed, and people became much more engaged. I mean, it was just entirely different. Um, and what happened was not only were people more engaged and more attentive, but they were communicating with each other and with me in a much different way. And they were really retaining, they seemed to be really retaining the information in a different way as well. So I stopped yeah. kind of making it up on the spot, and I started really um, really kind of planning for the stories and weaving the learning through the stories. So when I left, um, then I left corporate, but for 
personal reason. I, I'd kind of done my time in that environment, and I wanted to do mm-hmm. something else. And and I went into coaching. I started seeing how coaching was so related to, or storytelling was so related to the core coaching competencies, and everything I could do through coaching um, had more meaning when I did it with stories. And so that's really where story coaching came from. And, and not only did I notice that, but I noticed that stories were everywhere, that um, you know, that, that there's a real revival happening and that stories, people are recognizing the power of story in lots of different ways and lots of different industries, lots of different professions now. So it's really fascinating. Mm, that's wonderful. What a great discovery because it is truly powerful, isn't it? <laughs> and and just seeing you in action was just amazing because it just hit home, you know, how powerful it is. I, I know I don't use use the... the, the um, tool of stories enough, you know, just from a coaching perspective, but, you know, when I use an analogy or something, I know how powerful it is when people really, you know, get it um, in that way. Well, it was it was interesting, actually, because I just had a, a client of mine send me an email last week, and she had had to, she had done a workshop, um, it was actually, it wasn't really a workshop, it was more addressing an audience, and it was, a, it was within a, a larger conference, so people were kind of coming and going, and she said that I, she had decided to just go for it and tell a story, and, um, and she told this wonderful kind of folktale that she'd been working on. And she said, Lisa, you know, I'd never have believed it. I know you've been telling me this for weeks, but I, it was just incredible. <laughs> People were suddenly so engaged, and, and they stopped moving away, and they started listening, and they started signing up for, for more information, and, you know, completely transformational for her. Um, yeah. And that's what happens. It's just amazing. I mean, you've seen it. When, when you hear a story, it's just a whole yeah. different space. And the effect you have is phenomenal. And that's just telling like a fairy tale. I mean, wait till you start telling your own story. Then then you see real, really amazing stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it would be helpful, um, Lisa, just for you to give us a definition of what actually story coaching is, just so that we can get a sense of what that looks like as we delve further into into this. Um, uh, Because it sounds like they're two different types of stories from what you're implying. Yeah, well, you know, I don't really have a one-line definition, but what I can tell you Mm. is that um, there is kind of two parts to this. One is Mm. based on a a very simple realization that I had, which is that really we're all storytellers, and we are all telling the stories of our life all the time. So it may be, you know, how you came to this radio show, and it might be how... um, you were um, who you had dinner with last night, or it might be about um, how you met your partner. But these are stories that we're all constantly telling all the time. And um, what happens is that these stories are completely and utterly subjective. I mean, we choose everything about them. And, and in a sense, it's the stories that really define our reality. So um, I started, you know, I'm sure you're familiar, we're all familiar with the person who comes to dinner who tells the same old story again and again, and you've heard it a million times. And, and, and I started wondering, you know, why do people get stuck in their stories? And what, what do these stories mean? So story co- coaching was really born out of the idea that if we look at the stories that we're telling, and if we look at the stories that um, our clients are telling in coaching, then um, we really have a key to a huge amount of information. And if we start not necessarily rewriting, but we examine whether the stories are serving us because very often our stories that we tell all the time actually don't serve us very well. Mm. So when we start looking at these stories and examining how, how they're serving us and if they're doing us well at all, then we can start 
um, changing them. And when I say changing them, I don't mean rewriting history. I mean looking at how we can tell our stories in a more empowering way. Now, the other yeah. side of story coaching, which I think is really fascinating, and, and particularly probably to to your listeners, is this idea that um, when we can tell a compelling story about what we do, about our work, you know, I've noticed that so many talented people, fantastic at what they do, and they just can't talk about it. They just really yeah. get stuck. When people say, so So, what exactly do you do or, or you know, what, what's your business about, they start almost stuttering. I mean, they really get to the point where they're just not yeah. at all able to eloquently articulate what it is they do. So I help right. people really pinpoint what their story is and how that connects to what they do so that they can show up in a whole different way. And then it becomes much easier to talk about it and it becomes much easier to market yourself because you're just telling your story. Yeah. So uh, what I'm hearing as well, Lisa, is it's the you know the idea of of whether the story is serving you is because I think that we also, um, as coaches and people in the field of healing and transformation, know how people get stuck in their story, and mm-hmm. it, it goes beyond that, doesn't it? It's about how a story is going to uplift and support and clarify what it is that you're doing in this world rather than be pulling you down and back. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the bottom line really is that people love to hear stories. And Mm. when you you start telling a story, whether it's a personal story or a fairy tale or any type of anecdote, but when you start telling a story, you get a whole different way of listening and a whole different level of engagement. So if people yeah. ask you what you do and you spout out some kind of one-liner that you've practiced a million times that you didn't even believe when you start when you wrote it, then mm-hmm. people immediately turn off. They sense your lack of connection to what it is you're saying. But if you can talk about what you do in a way that's really compelling and it's really connected to you, it's really your story, it's, the, it's really who you are and how you show up, then yeah. that makes a fantastic connection with people. And they yeah. they feel it immediately, and and it that you know goes in lots of different directions. It really really works fantastically well. Fabulous. Well, it sounds like there's a little bit of um, getting a little uh, uh, vulnerable, you know, with with this. You know, what do you, what do you think about that, Lisa? Because I'm I'm assuming that you know, if we're telling our story, that often that can be uncomfortable for a lot of people. Well, here's the thing. When I work with people to to find their story, to discover their story, um, I always say, you know, part of the discovery process is really just getting out the story. Now, that doesn't mean you have to tell all of it. Mm. So part of telling your story well is telling the parts that you feel are empowering, and they're easy to tell, and the parts that make you feel vulnerable are, are actually the ones you don't tell. And I have a great example of this. I actually had a, a pretty senior person, um, actually a really good friend and colleague of mine who's a very, very experienced coach and really leader in his field. Um, yeah. And he approached me a few months ago and he said, you know, I have this event and I have to kind of tell my story. I have to introduce myself. And I immediately thought of you and I wondered, could you just give me an idea of how I should go about this? And this guy, I mean, he's yeah. done a million addresses and so on. And so I said to him, well, what were you thinking of saying? You know, why don't you just tell me your story? So he went into this 20-minute story that I could tell made him feel unbelievably uncomfortable. Right. And it was it was all very true, but it wasn't yeah. the parts of the story that empowered him. So yeah. I, I kind of stopped him and I said, okay, what we need to do is we need to condense the 20 minutes into about four minutes. 
and we need to yeah. tell your story from a point of empowerment. So let's look at these these challenges. Let's look at the things that you've come through. Let's look at the areas that were most painful, but not from the point of the pain and the challenge, but the, from the point of you know how you got through it and what empowered you and what the learning was. And when you tell it from yeah. that perspective, then it's easy to tell because it was your true experience, but it also makes you feel great. It makes you feel like you can really right. stand behind it, and it ha- allows people to connect because it is a personal story and it's true, it's authentic, and it's the authenticity mm-hmm. that really helps people connect. Yeah. So in a, in a sense, yeah. what I love I'm that you said that. Here, I, I'm not talking mm-hmm. about the traditional salesy marketing stories that will make people buy. Yeah. I'm not talking about, you know, the types of stories that, in a sense, trick people to want a product or something like that. I'm not right. talking about that. I'm talking about showing up in your own authentic story, in the way that best shows up who you are and what you do and what your greatest gift is to the world and what you're here for. And when you can yeah. talk from that perspective and tell your story in that way, you really don't have to chase clients so much anymore because they find you because they're compelled mm-hmm. and, and they and they connect with you. Yeah. So I think I'd love to hear more, um, Lisa. I'm sure that our listeners would as well. Is, is um, how this, you know, really let's let really, uh, um, you know, join the dots on how this storytelling is part of defining your your niche or niche sure. as we say niche, <laughs> but yeah. that's just North American say <laughs> yeah yeah um okay well here's the thing um i want to start by giving you an example and um the example is if i let's say i'm a um 40 plus woman who wants to get into shape and maybe lose some weight. And I'm looking for somebody who's like a health and fitness or health and wellness expert who's going to either get me trained or you know help train me or coach me to that goal. So if I see, you know, a couple of people who are advertising those services and this happens all the time, you know, you pick up a brochure and you see somebody or you look on a website and you see somebody who does health and wellness or health and fitness and they and they write that they'll work with teens and they'll work with um women after pregnancy and they'll work with women in um, after retirement and they also deal with men who are trying to get fit. You know, and it's like all over the place. And then I look at that and then I look at another website that says to me, okay, I am, you know, hi, my name is Tina, I'm 45 years old and I battled with obesity for 15 years. But I, this is my story, and I discovered um, a way that I could eat healthily, enjoy food, um, get on a regime that suited my life and my family, and um, and now I've, you know, reduced the weight. I'm fit, and I have maintained it for 15 years or for 10 years. Now, if I read that, I would say, Wow, this is me. You, this is, you know. Or this is somebody like me, you know, not that uh, I'm giving an example here, but, you know, if this was the issue that I was looking to to deal with, and I I recognize myself in that, whether it's that or whether it's looking to um, market authentically or whether it's looking to have some kind of um, exercise and relaxation regime or whether it was a yoga teacher or whoever it was, if I can relate to their story, then much more likely that I'm going to give them my business. It's much yeah. more likely They're that I'm going to connect with them. Because yeah. I feel like, well, hang on a sec, they get me. It's not just somebody yeah. who's 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 out there to to just get clients. They get me. They yeah. understand what my issues are. 
And yeah. the reality is is that nobody wants coaching and nobody wants healing and nobody wants, I mean, they, maybe they want healing. They don't want the process. They want the outcome. They want the results. Yeah. And they want to work with somebody who has had, who, who will bring themselves, you know, they don't want to work with a company. They don't want to work with a system. They want to work with a person. And they want to know who that person is. And they want to be able to have a relationship with them. Yeah. And, and it's, it's the relating story, to the experience that that person has had absolutely. that is connected it makes to your own. Difference. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So when I tell that the story, they've been there and understood the experience and the, the the pain and the the challenges that you're experiencing. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, the first thing, if I if I go to and I and I can tell you this experience as well, I um I've practiced yoga for years. It's always been a part of my life, and I I love yoga. Mm-hmm. And I and you know I do I've done all different types of exercise, but yoga has always got a very um, important place in my heart. And I tried a new yoga class a few years ago with this yoga teacher who could contort herself into amazing positions and do this wonderful stuff, and she looked fabulous. But I my experience of being in the class with her was that I felt that I I couldn't do it. I, I had this ongoing feeling that I couldn't do it. And I live in a quite small town. And the following morning, after having this experience, which was pretty uncomfortable, I went to a local cafe and I sat down. And this woman, the yoga teacher, um, was sitting at the next table and she was drinking coffee and smoking cigarettes the whole mo- in the whole hour I was there. And I just had yes. this disconnect between the story that she showed up as in this yoga class where she was kind of perfect and everybody else couldn't quite make it to what she was doing versus this woman who clearly was living a very non-yoga-like existence. And it just that story just didn't make sense for me. And, of course, I never went back to do yoga with this woman. Um, so that's kind of an example of what I'm talking about. When you find your story, and everybody has a story. People say to me sometimes, but I don't really have a story in my business. And I say, well, you do. You just haven't figured it out yet. You know, we all have a story because we've all gone through a certain path in our life that has led us to the point we're at right now doing what we're doing. And when you figure out what that story is and why it's led you to this point and what were the pivotal moments along the way that, that transformed you so that you're in this in this moment, and when you start telling that story, it becomes very clear who the people are that you want to work with. It becomes clear that yeah. you you might be able to do lots of things, but you don't have a passion for everything. That the the, yeah. the the people you really care about, because of your experience, because of your life's um, journey, because of the people yeah. you've met along the way, because of who you've worked with, because of everything, the people you really care about. They're the ones you want to work with, and that just is all about your niche. It's all about who you need to be working with, and it's all connected to your story. Yeah. Very so powerful. one of the things that I'm very passionate about is the fact that there are so many very talented people who work mm-hmm. in, whether it's in um, you know, t- type of holistic healing, coaching, all these yeah. um, helping professions, so many of them are so fantastically good at what they do, and so many of them just are so bad at talking about it and, and are struggling yeah. so much. And there's this horrible, horrible, horrible statistic that says, you know, one in five succeeds and the other four go the wayside and only do it as a hobby. And when I hear that, I just it just really upsets me because because of the journey I've been through going from corporate and, and going out on my own and the struggles at the beginning. And, you know, I really care about this. It's part of my story. And that's why mm. it makes it very clear that these are the people I want to work with. Yeah, powerful, very powerful. And and I think part of the issue is that, you know, being um, 
such amazing people with a wonderful talent and gift and this desire to really help people that sometimes yeah. it's hard to pull back and um, and you know pull back from the I want to help everyone I want to serve everyone I, I don't want to you know differentiate myself you know um, because I might I might miss out on helping someone who needs me and yeah. you know the, it it that in itself also you know can really um, stop you from working with amazing clients too. So it gets in the way, doesn't it? Yes, absolutely. And and we also all have these stories in ourselves that are that are part of what limits us. You know, old mm. stories that aren't serving us. The, the idea that we have to, as if you're a helper, then you have to just help, and you shouldn't be paid for it. Or you know, we've all got money yeah. stories, and we've we've yeah. all got these. And part of the, the the story coaching work is actually to uncover those stories and to say, well, you know what, you can be an amazing light to the world and you can come from a place of contribution and giving and support mm-hmm. and still be paid well for it and still work with yeah. clients that, that can afford to pay you. You know, for the first yeah. few years of my company, of my of, of my practice, my company, I think I because of those types of stories, I attracted people who couldn't afford to pay me. Yeah. And then... Somewhere along the line, that shifted because the stories changed, and now the people who who approach me know that you know they're going to pay for the service and 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 they'll pay yeah. whatever I ask pretty much you know because yeah. the yeah. stories change your self belief changes and the way you you really i say market yourself but it, it it almost doesn't feel like marketing because you're mm. you're just talking about what it is you're here to do. And you're talking about it from yeah. a place that's so much more empowered when you've done this work, mm. when you've come up with the right story, that it's really yeah. very different. Yeah, it's that place of service and sharing and, and being passionate about what it is that you're talking about. It, uh, it's, you know, as I say to a lot of my clients, when you have that conversation with someone and it's that, converse, that consultation you're having with them and you're coming from that place and you're very focused in on who they are and their, you know what their needs are because of the connection to the story. You yeah. Know, that's um, them signing up with you is merely a formality. Yes, and it's also very clear. And what I mean by that is. is that the people who aren't um, attracted or compelled mm. by your story, um, they disengage very quickly. Yes. Because because you are so clear, and that's what's so wonderful about the story work is that you discover a lot. You know, it's kind of funny. Um, when I started this work, I I I was really a, a little bit naive, and I thought, you know, well, it's just about the story. You know, I'm, I'm a storyteller. I love stories, and if you could tell a good story, it'll work, and it'll all be very nice. You know, and I kind of went into it with this very flippant approach, and then. My clients started saying to me, well, you know, this is, wow, you know, I've discovered my story and I, I know my purpose and I, I've, I've discovered my niche and, and people are finding me and I realize, wow, this is much deeper than I ever actually imagined. <laughs> um, it quite surprised me, actually. But um, yeah. what uh, yeah, yeah, what you said is absolutely true, that you you are so much more clear, you're so much more focused, that the discussion, um, that there isn't any persuasion. The people who engage yeah. are fully engaged, and the people it's who are not natural. compelled, they, they're just not yeah. there, and that's fine. You know, you're never going to appeal exactly. to everybody, and that's fine, yeah. Yeah. And I love that, because I think, you know, what you're you're sharing, Lisa, is that, you know, you can, you'll find that certain people will disengage because of your clarity, but other people will be very compelled 
toward you know and and attracted to you you know it'll magnetize the people who are meant to work with you to you yes because of that clarity and that focus absolutely absolutely yeah. and you know at Very first powerful. i think um sometimes it's it's you you get a bit concerned well why is this person disengaged or why do people come off my list mm. you know because we're all mm. when you're list building and people you send out a yeah. story or you send out a something and people come off your list and say oh what have i done wrong and then you realize no this is great that means that this person who was just not not really there anyway has now made a decision and that yeah. decision is that this is not right for them and that's perfect that means that that they'll never do business with you anyway, but now it's clear because they're gone. Yeah. No. Yeah. And but, and it's but what's really room for those people who are. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And what happens is that when you're having these conversations and when you're engaging with people, when you're talking to people, when you're giving um, any type of engagement, whether it's speaking, public speaking, workshops, or just a networking event, or just meeting somebody on the street and having a conversation, the way that you show up is entirely different when you've discovered your story. Because you're talking from this place of clarity, and you're talking from this place of, yes, this is me, and this is who I am. It's easy to talk about it, because you're the, you, you know, you're the best storyteller of your life. You were there, and nobody else was there. Yeah. So you get yeah. to talk about it in the best possible way it can be spoken about. And when you can talk about it, as I say, from this point of him, this place of empowerment and this really positive approach, then um, the effect is, is wonderful. Yeah. yeah, I think it gives a lot of people a lot of um, confidence. They suddenly they're, they're clear on their own sweet spot and it gives them the confidence to talk about it, whereas before it wasn't even clear to them. Yes, yes. Yeah. I mean, I often ask people, you know, people I'm working with, I say to them, so so what, well, actually, let me tell you a little story. I, a few years back, you know, quite a few years back, left corporate, retrained before I opened my coaching business, um, went through coaching education again, um, and came out, you know, got the full certification, set up my office, got my new computer, got a business card, a website, the whole thing. And I went out with a friend for a coffee one morning, and she said to me, so what would make me hire you? Just out of the blue, she asked this question. She said, what would make me hire you rather than um, one of these companies that's very well established that have all these PhD, you know, whoever is, who, who are also coaches. You know, why would I hire you instead of them? And I was completely gobsmacked. I mean, I just had nothing to say. <laughs> I really didn't know the answer. And it yeah. terrified me because I thought, you know, if I don't know how to answer that question, how can I sell, you know, how can I sell my services? How can I talk about what I do? Why would anybody yeah. want to work with me? And it yeah. really stayed with me for a long time. And and it was around the time that I was figuring out this connection between storytelling and coaching and what I what I was bringing to it and this whole methodology. And, and, and I could look yeah. at it in a whole different way. And when I could answer that question, I knew my business was ready to really take off. Yeah, and you got clear on your own story. <laughs> I got clear on my own story. Because here I was teaching something and not applying it to myself. Yeah. So the minute I could yeah. answer, and I kind of hummed and hawed, and I gave her some kind of an answer, and 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 then we changed the subject. You know, I changed the subject, I think, just to get away from it. <laughs> but um, I realize now, in retrospect, it was a great moment, because very often, you know, one of the questions I'll ask people that I meet or that I'm working with or that um, are interested in working with me, I'll say to them, well, what is it that you offer that's different from everybody else who does what you do? Yeah. And very often there's silence. They don't know. They know they're good at what they do. And they know yeah. that they love what they do. 
but they don't know how to articulate what it is that's really special about what they do. Because very often, I think we come from childhoods or homes or traditions or cultures that say that you know don't talk too much. If you're boasting, if you talk about how brilliant you are, you know you're yes. boasting if you if you focus on your strengths. But when you're in this kind of a business, you need to be able to tell the story of what you do well. And yeah. you know, I really have discovered an unusual talent for being able to pull out a story from somebody. You know, mm-hmm. I, this is I, this is what I was clearly put here on earth to do. I mean, it just makes so much sense now. Yeah. I, I had this amazing experience where I finally, after traveling and living in different countries and different places, finally bought a home and gathered all the boxes of of stuff that I had gathered through the years from you know from people's attics and people's basements and so on, and I found myself. Around the time that I was launching this business, I found myself opening up boxes of books of stories, folklore and, and fairy tales and 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 mythology and all kinds of books. And it seemed that I had been collecting stories my whole life, and I hadn't even noticed. I mean, I really hadn't noticed. And yeah. then I suddenly thought to myself, you know, here I am. I'm a story coach, and I have a degree in English literature. And I, you know, it never occurred to me. And I also have an MBA. You know, it never occurred to me that I would do this when I was doing that. But this has been what you know so clearly what I was put on the on earth to do, and everybody has that every single person well, makes, has that one thing that they're put here to do well, and it makes really a lot of sense that you are here yeah. to do that, Lisa, because having heard you tell a story, <laughs> I know how compelling it is listening to you, so you do have that gift, and it's beautiful that you've you've also honed it into this piece around helping those to you know those those people in the helping professions to really clarify, you know, how they can get their message out there and their gift by identifying their story and, and clarifying that for them. So I'm so excited that you're you're doing that. Just fabulous. I'd love to hear from you, Lisa, about because we talked about how this helps to define your niche, but how does it help to differentiate yourself? Well, it kind of uh, comes from the same place, this idea that, um, you know, nobody's story is the same as anybody else's. You may have the same qualifications, and you may have a similar amount of work experience, and you may have a similar approach, process, methodology, but you don't have the same life experience, and you don't have the same combination of everything. Now, again, most people, they'll they'll get whatever qualification they need, whether it's in, you know, a school or a university or life school, whatever it is, and then they'll decide they want to do something and they'll open up a business and they'll often put up certificates on the wall or they'll, um, you know, write a resume or do some kind of a website with a bio that talks about what certificates or or years of experience they have. But they don't talk about their actual story, what they've experienced, what their life experience has taught them. And and that's what's different. That's what's different. It's that combination of everything together that really makes them um, makes them different from other people in their niche. And when they're yeah. telling that story, it makes them even more different because most people don't. <laughs> so you know, businesses are beginning to understand the power of story. They're beginning to talk about a product story. They're beginning. I've even heard of of. Um, companies that have chief storytellers, positions of chief storytellers, they're not just marketing managers, they're people who really look at the stories of a company. But, you know, people are beginning to, yeah, they're beginning to understand the power of story. But generally speaking, 
if you take any of the professions of the people on this call, you'll find that the majority of people in these professions are not using their story to differentiate themselves. They're simply, you know, talking about their qualifications or their experience. Or perhaps right. their vision, you know, something in the yeah. future, something that they want to create. They're not really yeah. talking about who they are and how they show up. So when you do that, you really you really differentiate yourself because you come across as being so much more authentic and so much more trustworthy. Mm. And, uh, yeah. and trustworthy is, is actually really important. And if I can explain that for a minute, I mean, it's... Mm, yeah, you know, absolutely. W- what I've noticed is that over the last, certainly the last 10 years, so much of what we could always trust, we can no longer trust. If you think about it, we we used to be able, you know, once upon a time we could trust the government and we could trust the church and we could trust the financial institutions, we could trust the banks and the insurance agents and we could we could trust the teachers and we could trust the churches, we could trust the, the yeah. priests and, and the rabbis, yeah. you know. And um, <clears throat> clearly over the last 10 years, most of this has fallen away and, and has proven itself to be almost entirely trustworthy. We yeah, untrustworthy. You know, we could we could even trust our personal yeah. safety in some countries in the world, and now we can't. Yeah. So, and and on top of all that, we've got this financial crisis. So what yeah. that means is that people are working with a lot less. They want to have a lot more, and they don't know who to trust anymore. And they want to yeah. trust. They want to be able to trust before they can release any type. You know, have any sense of investment. And here's the crunch. The, the beautiful thing is that when you tell a story and it's an authentic story, you generate trust almost instantaneously. Yeah. So again, if you take two practitioners and one of them is talking about their, um, you know, their qualifications and their experience, and the other one is talking about their authentic personal story, who are you going to trust? Yeah. You're going to trust the one that you hear the personal story and you connect with them. You're going to trust them. And when you trust them, you feel the relief of, oh, finally somebody is not going to rip me off. Yeah. And I think part of that, Lisa, is that when someone's talking about their personal story, generally they have, there's a a passion that comes with that. They Mm -hmm. have connected to that from a heart place. um, Yes. Where someone who's just, you know, just rattling off their um, their qualifications and their background and you know their resume, there isn't that they're in their head. They're not coming from the heart, and I think that's that's also where that trust comes from. But I, I'm just so glad that you brought up this whole idea of trust because I think this is just hmm. uh, it's key key yeah. to what, and, and what you it know, is. Louise, that I, I'm, I'm not sure the people who you describe as being in their heads. I'm not sure that it's because they don't have the passion. It, it could just be because no, they don't know how to talk it's about, about the passion. It's about communicating it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because, again, you know, th- that person who's talking from their head is probably really good at what they do. Yeah. But they don't know how to talk about it. They don't know how to tell the story. Yeah. They don't know how to connect to that place. Yeah. Well, and the interesting thing, Lisa, is that sometimes, you know, and I know this from past experience myself, you know, is that you can be excellent at doing something and not feel happy about what it is that you're doing. So you want to, you know, you, it's that having that connection between, you know, what it is that you do so well and to be mm-hmm. able to communicate it so well that there's that the passion comes through, you know, um, to the person that you're connecting with so that you can you can combine the two. Absolutely. And find that yeah. passion for yourself. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But that whole trust piece, I think, is just so powerful. I'm so glad you talked about that because... 
we do live in a world where it's hard to trust people, it's hard to trust the organizations and the institutions around us. And we want to be able to trust the people that we're working with one-on-one -on -one or, you know, in that in that environment. So, you know, this is just fabulous, fabulous information. So I would imagine this is key to attracting clients then, Lisa. Yeah, I mean, it, it's absolutely. The minute you can create trust, the minute you can um, really create that safe space, you know, the, I, I, the, I call it the safe story space because when yes. you tell a story, you immediately are, are almost lured into the sense of safety and well-being. So um, when, you can, when you can do that, then people really find you. People are much more compelled by what you do. And, of course, it's not just about having the oneself, okay, I'll tell my story, but it's about really um, having consistency in everything you do around how you show up. So, you know, and I was just talking recently to um, to a, a, a colleague or a, a colleague client, somebody who who's studied with me, and she was saying how um, <clears throat> she's examining all the parts of her business to see if she's being consistent about how she's telling her story. So that includes, you know, how she manages Facebook, Twitter, you know, all her social media, her website, and mm -hmm. the way she networks. So it's it's yeah. really applying how you show up, you're applying your story to every part of the way you talk about what you do. And then mm -hmm. what happens is that you start seeing that people find you, that people remember you, that they... Yeah. You know, they they might have heard you speak or they might have had some interaction on social media or they might have heard a lecture that you've given or, or, or you might have heard somebody else talking about you, but there's something about the story stuck. Because mm -hmm. that's what's amazing. When you're when you're talking to people and you tell a a little story, they always remember the story. They might not remember anything else, but they usually remember the story. Yeah. If you can tell something about yourself something about your story, then um mm -hmm then that's what people will remember. That's all the yeah. more reason to just throw in these stories all the time. You know, it's not by chance that I'm I'm throwing in these anecdotes for you because that's what people remember, that's what people connect to. Yeah, exactly, exactly. This is just fabulous, Lisa. I, I've got a mm -hmm. question for you, but I want to um, invite those listening to also um, call in with their question if they have one. So if you are listening um you called in and you're listening, just press 1 on your keypad if you'd like to ask Lisa a question. And uh, if you are listening via the web, call in on 347-945-6963. We've got time for a question. So, um, But here's a question for you, Lisa, from me. <laughs> okay. I have a client who has found her story. It's a very, very compelling story. And yet, she is struggling to step into owning that story and, you know, isn't applying what she really in her heart knows is the is the the niche that she is called to serve. You know, how do you how do you support someone in that way? I know there's obviously some fear or some mindset piece going on there, but I'd love to hear how you might support someone in that situation. That's interesting. Well, you know, I think that every story has a backstory. <laughs> it's like the story that created the story. Mm -hmm, so you probably have mm -hmm. to start looking into, well, what are the stories behind that? And you mentioned it yourself. Mm -hmm. I mean, what are the fears? Sometimes people fear success yeah. more than they fear failure. And yeah. um, 
sometimes people fear if you tell a story, who's going to get, you know, what's the fallout going to be? Are people going to get hurt? Mm. Are people mm. going to get offended? Um, are they yeah. exposing themselves too much? I had a yeah. just very recently um, had a conversation around, you know, I I'm, I want to put out my story, I want to blog my story, but I'm scared to. Mm. And you know, where does that come from? So so you really have to start yeah. looking into the backstories, the stuff that's going a, a lot around. Um, yes. And and also, what happened in the past when she told her story? Or when people knew yeah. her story, did she get a certain type of reaction? Did it mm. um, uh, did it kind of um, push people to make certain assumptions, or is she scared that people will make certain assumptions? Yeah. And then one one thing that you can do that's often frees a person up is to is to create a version that's not maybe um, as complete as the one that she's discovered. So almost like a watered-down version that she can play with until she feels more comfortable and so gets up her confidence. Kind of goes back to yeah. what we were talking about, less, lessening the vulnerability piece. Exactly. Until she's, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, what I, think I would part of it also is that you know that whole thing about you know if I narrow myself according to the story, then um, am I going to stop myself from from serving? you know, from having the opportunities to serve more people. And, and I think, again, it's that counterintuitive piece that you mm. actually draw more people to you, and it's getting that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But there's also one other thing, and that is that this I, I take from my experience as a professional storyteller, which is that it all it also depends on how you tell it. So, for example, if um, if I were telling a story about being... Being in a situation that I felt very fearful, that I felt really scared. Mm. And if I were to stand up and say, so I walked into the room and I was absolutely terrified. I was so scared I can barely describe it. If I were to say that, those words yeah. induce a feeling of fear in me, in me right. as I'm saying it. Yeah. Whereas if I, were to go into the, if I were to go into that same situation and say, so I walked into the room, and my knees were shaking. I noticed that my knees were shaking and I felt shivers going up and down my back. What happens when I say that is that the audience feels the fear, but I'm just an observer describing the symptoms. So as I tell it, I'm less emotionally involved in the telling. So that's an example of really a technique because you know I sometimes work with people who... Um, I work with people who've had pretty traumatic stories Yes. And then it's about, well, how do you tell your traumatic um, experience but tell it from a place of empowerment that's not going to bring you back to the trauma as, right. you, as you tell it? So, And there are ways to do that. So if this person's story has any element of this feeling of vulnerability, it means she needs to figure out a way to tell it that makes her feel empowered and not vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks so much for that because I think that will be really helpful for anyone listening who is, has has a sense of what their story is, but are, are struggling to perhaps um, step into it fully. So, mm-hmm. you know, those are questions to ask ourselves as well. You know, if you're in that space, and uh, sure. I'm grateful to you for that, Lisa. Uh, we've got a couple right. more people who've called in. I just want to let them know if you want to ask a question, just press one on your keypad, and I'll know that you um, you want to uh, uh, ask Lisa a question. So just press one on your keypad. And then I'll know. Okay, so um, 
That's fabulous. So, um, Lisa, um, how do you find um, telling stories to be to help with financial success? You know, what what um, you know? How does that work? Well, it's really about being very clear um, and focused on what you know. It, it relates back to both the niche and the, and the attracting clients. Yeah. If you're very clear about who you need to work with, if you're clear about what you can offer, um, if you can clear about what your value is, because it all comes down to, you know, it brings that confidence of this is what I offer people and your this is why they need to work with me because of who I am and what I bring to this. And th- there's this, this whole mindset piece around your own self-worth that results in like we said before about you know attracting people who couldn't afford me or couldn't can't afford you versus the people who are fully prepared to pay almost whatever price you're going to ask because yeah. you speak with so much more confidence and so much more clarity yeah. <clears throat> conviction yeah yeah puts you in a whole different place in terms of how you develop your business and also the consistency in your messaging so whether it is your website or your social media or the way you talk to people that consistency brings a whole yeah. different level of professionalism to what you're doing, that people yeah. see you in a different light. Fabulous. Fabulous. Yeah, yeah this is so great. Really so we've got a number of people wanting to ask questions. Now. Oh, okay. <laughs> Let, let's take a couple if we've got some time, so let's, uh, let's do that. Sure. You ready? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, great. So, uh, um, hi, a caller from area code 206. Do you want to say who you are and where you're calling from and what your question is? Well, hi, this is Elizabeth, and um, this is absolutely delightful, pairing two of my favorite people, Lisa and Louise, um, (laughs) in the same time. Yeah, in the, in the same time space, this is just delightful. And you know, Lisa, you mentioned something um, just moments ago about the backstory and about you know vulnerabilities and telling the story in a certain way that doesn't necessarily reproduce the trauma uh, or you know anything post-traumatic, but actually being able to tell it in a way um, with some perspective and, and, a, and a bit of detachment. It sounded to me like so that you could actually tell the story with grace and ease and elegance and empowerment, as you put it. Now, in your work, do you have a couple of tips about how to get there readily? Because I'll tell you, I think if someone had worked with me, it would have saved me years of, of therapy, you know, psychotherapeutic counseling, you know, to, to get to that. And and be at a place of empowerment. Now, I will say that I have gotten mostly there, and and still, in terms of crafting the powerful message. So, you know, give us a, a few of your delectable tips on how to get there more quickly without traumatizing your client. Mm. It's it's a great question, Elizabeth. Thank you for that. And the truth is that um, early this year, I was at a, a really fantastic. Um, live event, a conference with a, a master, master um, speaker who talked about a lot of a lot of really fantastic stuff about marketing. And one of the things he said was, um, the key is to um, take your most traumatic and challenging life events and talk about them in a very empowering way, and that's going to attract the most people you can possibly imagine. And then he went on to the next subject, and I was left there with my mouth open, going, 
But he just missed, you know, my life's work. How could he do that? You know, and, and his his event was absolutely brilliant. But it is a very, very challenging thing to do, and it is the absolute key. Um, and okay, so let me get down to some tips. And really, um, the first, I think, step in trying to attempt to do this is being able to tell the full story in the worst mm. possible way, in the most vulnerable way, not to the whole world, but to somebody. Mm. Mm. And it doesn't choose matter. Choose that safe space. Hey, Lisa? Yes. Choose a yeah. space that's safe and with someone who you feel safe with. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. To somebody who can really, truly hear it and not judge you and help you be safe in the moment. I think that's really the first step. And very often I work with clients who who don't, who, who kind of, um, they want to come up with a story that they can use and, and they know that there's some stuff going on there in the past and they don't necessarily want to, they know they're not going to ever tell that story to the public necessarily, but it's part of the process to go in there and to be able to tell that story at least once to somebody in a safe way. Yeah. Because beautiful. I cannot underestimate for a second how important it is and how healing it is to just to be able to tell the story. Yeah. Um, so, so that's awesome. definitely the first step. And then after that is to really, I, I use what I call um, uh, pivotal moments. And, and mm. the pivotal moments are events, and literally moments, a time and a place, a very specific time and place, where either in real time or in retrospect, you have a great, moment of understanding so for example a client of mine who describes a moment where she walked on the beach and the wind was blowing and she took off her shoes and she felt the sand ease through her toes and she sat down and watched a bird fly across the ocean and land as it tried to fish and she had this realization that she could no longer stay with her husband that her marriage was over, and it was that moment. Now, whether it happened really in that moment, I'm not sure, but in retrospect, it was that moment, and that's the story that she tells. And and when she talks about that moment, it's, it's you know, that's a very central moment. We all feel it. We've all wor- walked mm. on the beach. We've all seen those. So you feel it, and you, and you feel the absolute peace and understanding of that moment. So it's about understanding that there was a moment when you realized you're not going to take the abuse anymore, or there was a moment where you realized you're not going to take the pain anymore, or there's a moment where you realize that your healing is in your own hands. You know, there are those moments. Again, they may not have been at the moment, but they are in retrospect. And that's how you talk about your story, through those amazingly specific and descriptive moments. And when you talk about it in that way, it's a very safe place and a very safe way to look at the progression of how we've developed to get to where we are right now. Mm. So Beautiful. this is Elizabeth Thanks again. So Lisa. Yeah. Yeah, Lisa. Got th- thank you. Another caller waiting with a question, Elizabeth. So I just want to. That's um, fine. I just wanted, sure just wanted to say. Yeah, I wanted to say thank you very, very much for that very visceral uh, description. Mm. It was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Mm. Thank you, Elizabeth, for calling in. It was wonder- a wonderful question that you asked. Yes, thank, thank you, so Elizabeth. Okay, so let's just take that other caller and then we can make sure we've got that question too. Um, so, welcome, uh, caller from 303. Do you want to say your name and where you're calling from and what your question is for Lisa? 
Uh, yes, this is Rose. I'm calling from Nevada. And hi, Rose. Actually, hi. So delighted to be listening in. This is great. Um, actually, the, the the question Elizabeth asked uh, ties right into mine, and that is where does one start in um, identifying what their story actually is? And I think uh, the tips that um, Lisa just gave leads to that, but I wonder if there's any more to add. Um, firstly, hi, Rose, and great question. Um, tips how to get started. Well, I I actually um, take people through kind of a series of worksheets of exploring and discovering where their story is about. And, and I ask questions like... Um, all kinds of kind of creative questions just to get the ju- the, the kind of story ideas flowing. Things like, um, you know, what were you passionate about in your childhood and young adult years, um, maybe in high school? What gave you great joy? Think about the story. A story about something you did, you used to do, and it was a youth group or a sport or something, and talk about that. And, and I ask questions like, um, you know, has there been a time in your life where you absolutely adored your job? or where you had this phenomenal relationship, and to talk about that story. And what happens is through this process of looking at these moments and looking at these relationships and looking at these activities, you begin to get a picture of of where these moments of passion happened. But beyond that, you'd you'd really be surprised what happens when you know, Rose, if I was working with you, the first thing, one of the first things I'd say to you is, so tell me your story. And you'd kind of stop in your tracks and, and think, oh, my God, where do I start? What do I tell? But you would come up with something. You would say something. You might talk about your relationships. You might talk about your education. You might talk about your career. But something would show up in the moment that I asked you, what's your story? And that's a place to start. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Uh, and if I can actually give an example, which is kind of interesting, I had a client once who, um, when I asked her the question, so what's your story, she went away and she thought about it for a week and came back and, and wrote me a, a story. And it was very interesting. She she chose to wrote me, you know, I asked the story completely generally to see what will show up. I don't ask, tell me the story of your career or tell me the story of your relationships or tell me the story of your business. I say, tell me your story. And people bring whatever they want. So this particular client went off and wrote this whole story about her life. She told me a very detailed part of it, and then there was a big gap, and then another detailed part of it. And what she had, what was interesting was she left out about 15 years of her life. Mm-hmm. And what was really interesting was she hadn't noticed. So clearly, uh-huh. the story, as we discovered over the next few months, was in the transition in and out of those 15 years and what happened in that time. That's where a lot of the, the story kind of came from. And it was very interesting. So, yeah, I mean, just ask yourself, what is your story? And, and write it down one day and see what shows up. That's a place to start. And then also you, we'll see what doesn't show up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Great. Thank Thanks so much, Rose, for asking that question. Yes, thank you, Rose. Great, great question. Yeah, great insights there and a great question as well. And, and a couple of things that I ask my clients that might also help is um you know what when what was the point when you felt you had a transformation or what was the, the a turning point in your life and that sometimes brings up really interesting um 
inf- information as well. I know you've probably got tons of, of uh, great things to ask your clients, uh, Lisa, to bring this uh, fabulous, uh, these fabulous insights about yourself forward, you know, to identify your story. So, great. Thank yeah, can you I actually again, tell Rose. another, uh, would it be okay if I just tell another client's, client's um, little of story because it was just so beautiful. Um, I had a client once a few years ago who told me, uh, we were working on her story and we were, you know, we were moving slowly and then one day in a session she, she said to me, you know, something is, I just had this memory and I, it's totally irrelevant but I wanted to tell you anyway this little story. So I said, sure. And she said, well, when I was a child, I lived in this big, dark city, and um, I had this incredible knack of finding shiny glass, all different colors, all over the city, and I used to collect them. Now, previously to this, she told me that she was working as a coach, and she had a, her, her, her coaching practice was about um, helping people discover their brilliance. So um, so she goes on to tell me the story about how she um, she used to find these pieces of glass and she would collect them and she put them in a little jar in a drawer in her bedroom and um, the jar over the years filled up until finally she got to high school. She started making these beautiful collages out of all the pieces of stone and glass that she collected in the city of all places. And she said, you know, I don't know why I wanted to tell you that, but I just, it just, I just remembered it. I just remember the story. And I said to her, you know, don't you realize you just told me the main story of who you are? And she's like, what do you mean? And I said, well, that's what you do with people now. You find those pieces of shiny glass. You know, those, you find those pieces of brilliance in them, and you help them discover it for themselves. And she, you know, she just couldn't believe it. But you know, that was absolutely it. So this story, this little thing that she thought was nothing, was actually such a key to who she was, such a key to how she was doing, you know, business and, and creating a whole business out of what she, of the way she coached. That's amazing. Mm. How beautiful, Lisa. <laughs> That's mm. fabulous. And um, I hope. Uh, are you okay to go a few more minutes, Lisa? I know we're a little over, but uh, just want to check. Yeah, no, 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 it's fine. Yeah, okay. no, no, we've got mo- we've got one more question, and I'd love to right. take that if we have a little bit more time. Great, do that. Thanks, Rose, for your question again. And Elizabeth says in the chat room, Lisa, thank you again for Lisa for oh, answering her question so beautifully. Oh, okay, let's. Uh... Okay, so welcome, area code five one zero. Who's calling in and what's your question? Yes, hi. This is Camille calling from California. And um, hi, thank you for doing this show. Um, I have often found where people, as an icebreaker in the United States, they will approach with a question, so what's your story? Hmm. And what what they are asking in that moment... They don't really want to know what it is that you value or what you love to do, what you're passionate or creative about. They want to know, well, what is your job? Mm. And, yeah, it's nothing to do with creativity or passion or anything that makes you feel joy. It's like, well, your story is your job. Your job is your story, which is a tragedy because our job does not define us. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Mm. 
So I really didn't have a question, just a comment that what I'm hearing, it just kind of clicked and helped me to remember um, hearing those things because that is the one one of those questions, if not the main question that I makes my skin crawl. It really unnerves me because it's kind of like, well, what's my story? None of your business. But if you start to tell a person who is less evolved what it is that brings you the most satisfaction and fulfillment, chances are they don't know what you're talking about or how to take it. That's what I've noticed. Well, that's an interesting. It's an interesting comment, and and I I, I do think that there are certain con- kind of connections that people make with storytelling that are negative. So, for example, some people say, well, if you tell a story, you're immediately not telling the truth. Mm-hmm. Whereas I believe that stories are the truth, always, 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 um, because there's truth in there somewhere. You, know, you ask a storyteller, is the story true? They'll always say yes, and the trick is for you to find out what bits of it are true. <laughs> but um, but but I do actually believe that, that stories are true. And if somebody said to me in some kind of derogatory way, you know, what's your story? I'd probably say, oh, well, I love Cinderella, or I love, you know, um, Goldilocks and the Three Bears. You know, I'd probably joke it off that way and then say, you know, That's what exactly awesome. do you want to know? Do you want to know my job or do you want to know who I am? Right. You know, that's, that would probably be my response. Or I'd launch yeah. some kind of a fairy tale, you know, um, <laughs> That's just awesome. just to kind of change the 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 approach. But you know, there there is there is a whole school of thought that believes that when you're working with people and they start getting into their stories, you should get them out of their stories so you can get to the real issue. And I just don't believe that. I think that their stories are the real issue. People are telling stories for a certain reason. So you need to figure out what is their story and why they always see themselves as a victim or why they always see themselves as, as powerful or why they always see themselves as weak. You know, it's it's really about um, understanding what, you, you know, where they're at and what the story mm. is. It's got so much information. So it's all about the story. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And there's no shame so in being honest. Yes, and thank you so much for asking that question, Camille. Oh, I love, you're very welcome. I love that. And uh, it, it's kind of interesting, don't you think, Lisa, because if you got asked that question, you know, what's your story with that tone of, you know, I'm not really that interested, but you responded with the truth of what your story was, you know, how that might change and shift the attitude of that person, for one. And then secondly, yeah. you know, the other question to ask yourself is, am I, am I in the right group of people to be attracting my ideal client? if that's the response I'm getting from the people I'm talking to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's kind of like people people run into you, they say, hey, how are you doing? You think they really want to know? They probably don't want to know. So, you know, they're not people you're going to actually tell them how you're doing. But if somebody, you know, as you say, right it's all about... Yeah, in the right environment with the right audience. It's about avoiding the elevator pitch that sounds like somebody else made it up for you and you don't even believe it. It's about talking from a place of authenticity that means something that isn't stressful. Because, you know, one of the reasons that we associate marketing and sales with stress is because we're forced to do things we don't feel comfortable with. But when you're just telling a story that you know is compelling and you know attracts people and you know connects with people, then it stops being stressful. And that's what's really beautiful because then, then you know, you start really having the, those right connections. 
connections that result in, in, in growing your business and in working with the right kinds of people. Yeah, perfect. Thank you again, Camille, for asking that question. And, uh, oh, you're very welcome. Great. It's certainly an interesting take on this whole, um, uh, you know, conversational story. So, yeah. Great. Well, um, this has just been fabulous, Lisa. I'm so glad that we had a chance to um, to talk about this. I know that you have a, an ebook that might be of interest to our listeners. Um, do you want to share about what what the ebook is, and then I'll I'll uh, I'll uh, share the um, the um, the URL to to get that. Yeah, absolutely. The ebook is called Using Stories to Get Great Clients. And it's really about it's really those first few steps of how to go about attracting clients through your own authentic story. So it's kind of like a step by step. And um yeah, so it's um it's kind of really the, the introductory of how this stuff works. So um, I'd be fabulous. Well I, I know yeah. people out there who've been asking these questions are gonna be champing at the bit to to uh, find out what you've written in that, that little e book. So um I just want to give the uh, the um, the URL out to everyone listening. If you want to um, to get Lisa's using stories to get great clients ebook, um, and I believe that you're also offering a free 30 minute um, breakthrough session as well, um, yes. Lisa. So um, you know, if you want to to take advantage of either of those, you can go to budurl.com forward slash Story ebook. So that's http colon forward slash forward slash the normal <laughs> budurl.com. That's b u d u r l dot com forward slash story ebook. Okay. Wow. So Lisa, thanks so much for going over time with us. And um, I think the final thing I'd like to ask you is, you know, what your um, your final nugget is for our listeners before I share, um, you know, something uh, that I'd like them to know that's coming up um, before we finish okay. the show. So, what's your your final your final well, word, your golden nugget that you want everyone to to leave with today? Actually, my my golden nugget is a little story, if that's okay. Oh, wonderful! <laughs> so. There was once a king who offered a prize to the artist who could paint the best picture of peace. He was fascinated by the concept of peace. And um, he sent out notice to the whole of the kingdom, and many artists tried. In fact, lots of people tried. And the king gathered all of the pictures at the palace, and after much deliberation, he was down to the last two, and he had to choose between them. So one picture was of a calm lake, and the lake was a perfect mirror for the peaceful mountains that towered all around it. And over the mountains there were fluffy white clouds floating in a blue sky, and everyone who saw this picture said that it was indeed the perfect picture of peace. Now the second picture also had mountains, but these mountains were rugged and bare, and there was an angry gray sky above them, and rain was falling, there was lightning, and down the side of the mountain there was a foaming waterfall tumbling down. And it didn't appear to be a peaceful place at all. But when the king looked closely, he saw that behind the waterfall there was a tiny bush growing in a rock, and inside the bush a mother bird had built her nest. 
And there, in the midst of the rush of angry water, the mother bird sat on her nest, and she was the perfect picture of peace. Well, the king, of course, chose the second picture because he he explained peace is not only in a place where there's no noise or trouble or hard work. Peace is in the midst of things as they are, when there is calm in your heart. That's the real meaning of peace. Mm. So, Louise, thank you so much for having me as a guest on the show. Thank you. It's been a pleasure being here and a pleasure to meet with you and everybody else. So thank you. And thank you for calling. I'm sure it's quite late where you are right now, so I just want to thank you for the time that you spent with us calling in from Israel and and, uh, sharing your amazing wisdom, Lisa, and and gems today. I know that people listening today, I'm sure, are walking away with some very powerful insights. And, um, you know, hopefully it means that we have more people serving more people and having more success in their business because of it. So I'm excited. Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Lisa. And if you want to hang on, you're welcome to. If you want to drop off, feel free to do that as well. Sure. Okay. Thank you. Okay. So I, wow, what a great show. I'm so glad that Lisa was able to join us. And um, I just wanted to uh, share with everyone um, that uh, we will be having a show next week. I'm just not quite sure yet who uh, who or what the topic will be, but it's always interesting interesting and exciting. It's the only show for the whole of this year that has not been booked yet. Isn't that interesting? So um, uh, I'm, I'm excited to see who that's going to be. And, and next year, um, the show platform is changing, so I'm excited to, to announce that to you later on and, and just keep your eyes and ears peeled about what, what that's going to be about. So I just want to share with you that um, coming up in December, I will be sharing uh, three days of inspiration with you on three one-hour calls on the 28th, 29th, and 30th of December. It's called Tying the Bow on 2011 and Unwrapping 2012. And we're going to spend some time uh, really um, celebrating what you've accomplished in, in 2011, I think that's so important for us to look back on what we have accomplished. We're so hard on ourselves, I think, as as uh, as uh, solopreneurs and people in this in this field. So, I, I think that's important. And then we get a chance on the second day to work on our power symbol for next year. And I love going through the spiritual piece that really helps to hone in on who you want to be and what you want your business to to reflect. In, the two, in 2012. And then on the third day, we get to do um, some business planning to really understand where you're, you're taking your focus and what you're going to be doing for the following year. And it, it's just amazing how the universe responds when we get clear on what, what path we want to follow, even if it's a loose um, plan. So I hope you'll be able to join us. Um, Stay tuned for more details. If you'd like to be updated, just make sure to go to keystoclarity.com and you'll um, be able to sign up on the little opt-in box on the right side of the page and you will also get your free report, The Five Critical Business Mistakes Coaches and Healing Professionals Starting Out Make and How to Avoid Them. And uh, you'll also get updates then as soon as we are clear on... um, as soon as the information is ready for you to sign up for those three-day, um, the three-day 
calls at the end of December. All right, so I'm excited to tell you about that. Um, have a fabulous week, everyone. I look forward to announcing who our next guest will be soon and um, to your shining success always. Take care, everyone. Bye. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.